You are listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast, where you can hear the latest messages and other conversations as we strive to go serve and love in our communities. If you want to know more about us, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org. If you've enjoyed our podcast, be sure to subscribe and check us out on YouTube. Man, I don't know. I don't know what the Lord wants to do here this morning, um, but I woke up with a lot of anxiety. I woke up with a lot of nervousness. I, I, I had a, uh, I don't know if it was a weird dream last night or uh, if the Holy Spirit's trying to do something in my heart or maybe there's some spiritual warfare going on here. Obviously, the TV isn't working. You know, it's just one of those, I feel like the Lord really wants to speak to somebody this morning. You know, you're getting a little bit of feedback from my microphone. You know, there's something about this morning that the enemy does not want you to hear. I don't know what it is. But there's something this morning that I believe the enemy does not want you to hear, and I want to encourage you, man, tune in with what I'm about to say, what the Scripture's about to say, how the Holy Spirit's about to speak to you. Um, don't just sit there and listen to it like it's every other sermon I've ever heard or, you know, all this stuff. Man, really just sit there, take notes, soak it in, and uh, ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you this morning. With that said, I'm going to pray again, and uh, we'll get started. Heavenly Father, um, Lord, we just come before you, God, expecting you to speak to our hearts this morning through your word, um, through the principles that we're about to share, and um, God, I just ask that you would, um, Lord, just do whatever you want to do this morning, God. Lord, however the Holy Spirit wants to work, God, I pray that that would happen. Um, Lord, I just ask that you would um, be tuning our, our hearts and our ears to hear what you have for us this morning. God, I pray you sing your name, Father. Amen. All right, uh, during the first part of the year, um, you know, January, usually maybe the first of the year, most of us like to reflect back on the previous year, and we like to ask ourselves, how can this year be different? What can we do different? We like to set maybe a New Year's resolution, like we want to lose weight, or we want to eat healthy, or maybe you want to spend less time on your phone, or maybe you want to spend t- less time binge-watching Netflix. Whatever it is, you've probably set some type of New Year's resolution, and I'm, I bet you you've already broken it, right? You've already been like, man, uh, just forget it. I'll try again next year, right? You've already broken it, um, but there's something in us that's hardwired to like new things, There's something in us that's hardwired to like a new chapter of life, a new season of life, to look forward to a new year. In Isaiah 43, 19, um, it says, See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. This has been my theme verse for about a month now. Um, It's one of those verses that you see a lot of time around the new year. Um, because it's just one of those verses that is about new things, right? Um, but something that I feel like the, the Lord has spoke to me and the Holy Spirit has revealed to me more about this scripture is the fact that you can't experience the new thing that God wants to do in your life. You can't perceive it if you don't go into the wilderness. If you don't, you won't perceive the streams if you're not in the wasteland, right? You're, you're not going to experience the new thing that God wants to do in your life if you can't escape the captivity of the hustle. See, in this text, in Isaiah, uh, it's written during the time of Babylonian captivity. Israel is being held captive by Babylonian, right? And Babylon. And um, they're slaves, right? If you're in captivity, you're a slave. 
Um, and slaves do one thing. They work, right? They, they do, they hustle, they try to achieve things, and they have nothing to show for it. They just work hard, hustle all the time, and they have nothing to show for it. But for Israel to experience the new thing that God wanted to do in their life, they had to go into the wilderness. They had to go into the wasteland. They had to escape and leave captivity. For them to experience the new thing that God wanted to do in their life, they had to leave captivity. And so you can't experience the new thing if you stay captive to the hustle, right? You, you can't experience something new if you stay captive to everything that you did last year. You can't experience the new thing if you stay captive to the hustle, Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30, he says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. When I think of the term hustle, it makes me go back to my football days. How many of y'all played football or some other sport, and your coach was always yelling at, hurry, hustle, let's go, blowing the whistle, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the idea of hustle, right? But there's another definition of hustle. It goes like this, to force someone to move hurriedly or unceremoniously in a specific direction, or to obtain by forceful action or persuasion. How many of y'all have been hustled by somebody, Right? You've been forced out of something. Um, this is, is the hustle that we're talking about. This world, our culture, wants to force us to move in a specified direction. It wants to obtain things from you by force. The pressure to hustle is all around us. You may feel the pressure to hustle to make more money or get that promotion. You may feel the, the pressure of hustle for people's approval or for popularity. You may have to hustle to have the right body or hustle for achievement through your kids in their sports or their activities. Hustle to feel like you are a good enough person for God to accept you. It's exhausting to live this way, right? It's exhausting. How many of y'all are tired? How many of y'all are worn out? And it's only been a month of this year, right? It's exhausting. We have to escape from the hustle. There's a song by Alabama uh, that goes like this. I'm in a hurry to get things done. I rush and rush until life's no fun. All I really got to do is live and die, but I'm in a hurry and don't know why. This is what our culture, this is what our world wants from us, to hustle, to hurry, to work hard, to hustle and grind, and sometimes not even know why. I think we hustle a lot of times to try to fix our deepest needs. As humans, we all have two basic needs. The first one is to be loved and to belong. The second one is for our life to matter and have purpose. The problem is we look for the answers to these things in ourselves and in our abilities. We rush around burning both ends of the candle because it's normal. It's part of our society. It's culturally okay. We rush and rush and, and we, we hustle and we take on more responsibility and we say yes to more things. It's kind of like this. Ben's going to help me illustrate this, right? We're like, okay, I can handle a job, right? I can handle, okay, I got married. Now I can handle, you know, family life a little bit. But then there comes a baby and then I got multiple kids and then my kids are wanting to play sports and then, you know, they're playing travel league. They're trying to do 4-H. 
They're trying to, you know, all this stuff, you're trying, your friend feels neglected because you're not spending enough time with him. All this stuff we're trying to handle, and eventually, you're like, I can't take it no more, right? You blow up, and you freak out, and you're like, I can't handle this. You have a meltdown, or you buckle under your anxiety because you're trying to do too much, and you're trying to work too hard that there's, there's nothing, there's no free space in your life. There's no, there's no areas of margin in your life. Our, our world does not value margin. Any of you guys ever use Microsoft Word? Right? In Microsoft Word, you can uh, set your margins. Any of you ever tried to print with no margins? It doesn't turn out very good, right? You want, you want to set an inch margin on your document so that when you print it out, you can see everything. It's the same in life. You know, life will not print well if you don't have any margins in life. And sometimes... You know, sometimes we give lip service to, oh, I'm creating margins and I'm creating free space in my life. But the reality is you're trying to self-care through binge-watching Netflix or the endless stroll of Instagram, right? Or whatever it is in your life. Maybe, maybe for some of you it's alcohol. Maybe for some of you it's something else. Maybe whatever it is, there's something in your life that you're saying, this is how I self-care. But the reality is you're just filling your time with something else that's no good, Right? You have to uh, get alone and get quiet. French mathematician and philosopher Blaise Pascal said in the 1600s, all of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. All of humanity's problems stems from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. This morning, I did a, a, a trial run a little bit with our students and what I had is I had all of them uh, circle up, and I told them, hey, give me your devices, put them on a table. Everyone put their devices on a table, watches, cell phones, you know, whatever they had. And I said, okay, I want you to go sit alone, I want you to be quiet, and I want you to get alone, and I just want you to, I just want you to reflect on what God is trying to do in your life, how he's trying to speak to you, you know, how your week has been, pray. If you want to read the Bible, you can go grab an actual Bible instead of a device, and I, and I gave them this opportunity, and I'm not, I'm not condemning them, okay, if any of them are in this room, but it was funny how all of the girls, because I told them they could find somebody and pray together, right? But all of the girls huddled into one room and interacted with each other and kind of shared. It was good, right? But it wasn't the, it wasn't the goal, right? That's because we, we can't handle being alone. We can't handle being quiet. We can't handle just not doing anything and relaxing and chilling, Right? We can't handle it. And so we fill our time, we fill our schedules with all this stuff, whatever it is. But here's the thing. Jesus was the busiest, most famous, and most influential person to ever live. Jesus, okay? And we want to be like Jesus, right? Jesus was uh, fully God and fully man and so lived a perfect life. Our goal is that he would be the best mentor, the best teacher, an example of all things in our life. We want to be like Jesus, right? How many of y'all want to be like Jesus? All right, that's good. So Jesus, how did he handle the hustle? How did he handle it? If you want to be part of a new thing that God wants to do in your life, you're going to have to learn and apply the unforced rhythms of grace. We call those spiritual habits. We can only do... That if we find moments of silence and solitude, if we find moments of silence and solitude. So I'm going to start with uh, one text, and I'm just going to keep going, uh, but I'm going to show you all these different examples of Jesus and how he, uh, how he handled the hustle. As soon as Jesus heard the news, he left 
in a boat to a remote area to be alone. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. After telling everyone goodbye, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Before daybreak, the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Later, Simon and the others went out to find him. When they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. Early the next morning, Jesus went out to an isolated place. The crowd searched everywhere for him, and when they finally found him, they begged him not to leave them. But despite Jesus' instructions, the report of his power spread even faster, and vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. When the people saw him do this miraculous sign, they exclaimed, surely he is the prophet we have been expecting. When Jesus saw that they were ready to force him to be their king, he slipped away into the hills by himself. One day soon afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. Do we see a habit? Do we see something repetitious in the life of Jesus? In these historical accounts of who Jesus was and how he handled the hustle. He was a super busy guy with a lot of demands on his life. He had a lot of purpose to fulfill. Many people wanted his attention, but he often went off by himself in solitude to be silent. Jesus models an example for us. We need to set a pattern, a rhythm in our life of silence and solitude. We need to get alone and get quiet. Jesus offers us help in the hustle by showing us this habit of often sneaking away for times of silence and solitude. We need to imitate that, being by yourself, being quiet, no distractions. Some of you that are older in here have probably done this for years, and you're great, and that you're awesome. Continue to show the next generation. But if you're a parent, or if you're close in age to me, I guarantee you, you struggle with this. Because if I struggle with it, I know you do. That's just life. We get busy. We, 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 we get focused on other things. We, we start thinking about all the things that I get done. And even when, we, even when we disappear and try to have our quiet time, something that comes and inter- uh, interrupts us. Whether it's a kid, you know, whether, you know, some moms out there, you know, they can't even go to the bathroom without their kid barging in, all right? So you, you, you've got to find places in your life to find these margins, to find time to be silent and, and alone. I want to take you back to our opening verse in Isaiah 43. It said, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. We will find the new thing that God wants to do in our life when we step away from the hustle. We can only discover the new thing God is doing in the wilderness and in the wasteland. That's where we will encounter him when we are alone with and listening to only him. That's when we're going to experience the new thing that God wants to do in our life. When we step back away from the hustle, when we escape the captivity of the hustle, that's when we're going to experience it. And sometimes that's creating silence and solitude. And sometimes, this is not in my script, by the way, sometimes you have to go somewhere uncomfortable. Sometimes you got to go somewhere new. Sometimes you got to go do something different, right? The wilderness, the wasteland, you know, those are not, do, do those sound like appealing places to you? No, you know, maybe the beach, maybe the lake, that sounds great, but the wilderness and the wasteland does not sound that appealing. And so sometimes for us to experience the new thing that God wants to do in our life, not only do we have to find silence and solitude, but we also have to put ourselves in a position to experience something different. 
We have to, we have to move from our, our area of comfortability to an area of uncomfortability. There's a lot of uh, people, and, and you guys know me, right? You know, I don't, I don't hate you. I, I love you, but I'm a guy who doesn't hold punches, and I'm going to tell you like it is, right? There's a lot of older people in here who are not investing in the next generation, whether that's five years younger, whether that's 15 years younger, whatever it is. There's a lot of parents in here that are not doing a great job with their kids, right? And, 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 it's, and, and I, I'm not blaming you, right? It's the hustle. It's the, it's the things that we have to deal with. It's, it's, it, but we have, to, we have to say eternity matters more. Jesus matters more. Whether, whether I, my kid doesn't need to play three sports because guess what? The odds of them playing sports after high school, very slim. I'm just going to say, right? We have to find and, 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 may, and seek him first. We have to make eternity and Jesus matter more than anything else in our life. If you want to leave something for your kids, don't leave them money. Don't leave them things. Leave them a love for Jesus Christ. Leave them a desire in their heart to pursue and love Jesus, to be in the word of God. And some of us don't do it. My, my, myself, I'm, I'm guilty sometimes. My, we, we, were, uh, we were talking this morning in, in the student ministry. There's sometimes we do this devotion with our kids, and sometimes, you know, they come up to us and, and they like, hey, let's do our devotion every night. They're like, let's read our devotion. And sometimes, me and Rachel, or me, or just her, whatever, we, just, we were like, you know, not feeling it tonight. And in that moment, I feel so bad because I know it's not the right thing. But because I want to give in to my flesh and my desires and how I feel in that moment, I do it anyways. And it makes me feel terrible. And I know that there's things in your life that you're thinking of right now that you do the same thing. We need to retreat to the wilderness, to the desolate places that could be out in nature. It could be in your closet. It could be in your car or the bathroom, right? It means retreating to somewhere with a sign on the door that says, please do not disturb. It certainly means turning off your phone so that the whole world does not have access to you. Wherever it is, we need to get alone and get quiet. Even if it's just for five minutes, your body and your soul need to rest. Sit with your thoughts. Sit in prayer, read the Bible, sit in journal, sit in color, sit and say nothing, allowing time and room for God to give you perspective and to speak to you. We need to do this often, multiple times a day, once daily or for sure, once a week. We need to do it often because we are going to be interrupted by the coming, the next thing in our schedule or, or whatever has to get done, or we're going to be interrupted by kids or our spouse or our boss or interrupted in wandering thoughts. And so we have to do it often because not every time that you do it is going to be edifying. And so as Robin comes to play, I want to read Matthew 11 again. It says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Listen, life is not a sprint with Jesus. It's not about hurry and hurry and hustle and hustle. Life is not a sprint because in Jesus we find peace and all throughout your life you will need times of silence 
and solitude. You will need it often, and you will need it because you need him. Your deepest need in this life is Jesus. He's the prize. He's the gift. He's the end goal. In him, life and life to the fullest. And so as we get ready to end here this morning, the piano's not on. I'm okay with that, Robin. Let's just leave it that way. Because, no, just leave it. Let it. <laughs> Silence and solitude, right? We don't need music to create the moment, to respond to the gospel, to respond to how the Holy Spirit is working in our hearts. So right now in this moment, what I want everyone to do is we're going to end a little bit differently. I'm not going to have people come forward and stand up and all that stuff. What I want you to do is I want you to just sit there and close your eyes. I just want you to close your eyes and block out everything else in the room. The noise of the HVAC, your neighbor sitting next to you scratching their armpit, whatever it is, right? Block it out. Take this moment to be silent and be alone. It's just you and God and what he's asking you to do. During this whole message, the Holy Spirit has pricked your heart about different things in your life that you need to either give up or you need to create space in or you need to stop doing that, that's how the scripture works. That's how coming to church works. The Holy Spirit works by speaking to our hearts, pricking our hearts. That little small voice inside of you is not your conscience. It's called the Holy Spirit. And that's how God speaks to us, to our hearts. And so in this moment, you've already thought about whatever it is multiple times. And I just want you to take this moment and ask the Holy Spirit to help you walk in obedience to God's request. Do you want to experience the new thing? You're going to have to create open space for it. You're going to have to escape from the captivity of the endless need to hustle. And so I'm going to be quiet, and I just want you to pray in your heart and ask God to help you be obedient to whatever it is in your life right now that he's speaking to you about. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come before you this morning. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the example that Jesus set in his own life that we can model after. And God, I pray that, Lord, we would experience the new thing that you want to do in our life this year. God, by just allowing you to help us to create free space in our life, to find margins of time in our life to to just be alone and be silent and be with you. Lord, I know that all the things that I planned this morning didn't turn out right. 
but God, you did. And Lord, I know that you're speaking to people in this room. And I know that your Holy Spirit is, is leading individuals in this room towards you. And God, I pray that we would be obedient with whatever it is, God, that you've laid on our hearts, the thoughts that have run through our minds, how the Holy Spirit has spoken to us. And God, I pray that we would be obedient to that. God, that you would give us the strength to walk in that. And God, that we would trust you. And God, that we would look at the things that we have control over and we would say no to a few of those things. God, I ask that you would be with us as we leave here. God, help us just to not walk out of here like any other Sunday. Help us to walk out of here with our lives changed and our hearts ministered to. God, I pray that you would I just thank you for this time, for equipping us for your work. Lord, we ask these things in your name, Father. Amen. That silence was a little rough, right? It was, it was a little awkward. You're like, ah. All right. I hope you got something out of the message. Um, that is how we're going to end this morning. And so if you're my, in my student ministry, you would hear this on a regular basis. But I love you, and you're free to go. Thanks for listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast. We hope you are encouraged today, and we would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request, a topic you would like to discuss, or want to share what God is doing in your life, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org forward slash central hub.